0: The Contenders is a proud member of the Cage Club Podcast Network.
1: For other great shows about movies and pop culture, go visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
2: I'm sorry, are you here to see me?
3: No, silly. I go here.
2: You, you go where? Harvard. I'm Elle Woods, Miss Bonifante's attorney. He's got a package. You must always have faith in
1: people. And most importantly, you must always have faith in yourself. Welcome to The Contenders, the show about the movies made by and starring women who refuse to play by the rules. I'm Isla Addington.
0: And I'm Tobin Addington. And with us today, we have. One of our most special guests ever—we've been waiting to get on the show. Our legal expert, <laughs> Tina Ching. Woo-hoo. Hi, Can Tina. Can I clap for myself? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll even give you a ding.
2: <laughs> Woo! A ching ding. <laughs> nice. You got to call it that from now on. I will <laughs>
3: ching officially. Ding.
0: oh boy I'm so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're going to be able to shed some (laughs) legal light Uh, also that we learned when we when we invited you to do this episode that you have a connection to this movie which I'm excited to to explore what movie are we talking about today
1: today for our 50th episode is that correct
2: it is wow congratulations thank Thank you. you
1: Our 50th episode is the 2001 classic Legally Blonde. 19 years ago. Does that make everyone else feel a little creaky in the joints? (laughs) The word is old.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, So i I'm just curious if you could all share with us your sort of history of this movie. When did you do you remember when you first saw this movie and what circumstances were and what you what you thought of it? Tina, what's your what's your history with Legally Blonde?
2: So I don't have a specific memory of watching the movie the first time, but it is a really special movie for me because it came out right before I started my first year of law school. And um, I didn't get a chance to watch it until probably about a month into uh, law school classes, <laughs> which was probably perfect for me because, um, you know, I, I, uh, I was sleep deprived. I really, um, you know, was in a mood where <laughs> I just didn't feel like I belonged in law school and um you know, I was even wondering whether or not I had made a bad decision. And um, so it was pretty rough. But, um, you know, then comes out this movie where <laughs> there's this woman who, you know, was lost and, you know, finds herself mm. in law school. And and so for me, it, um, you know, it holds a very special place in my heart.
0: Yay. Excellent. I about that. You. Do you remember the first time you saw Legally Blonde?
1: I do. It's not quite as um poignant as that but uh it's
2: profound a it story is profound yes it, so it
1: came out over the summer this
2: is not a profound movie <laughs> <laughs> it's true
1: or I, think, oh. I think it's as profound as, as you need it to be i think That's, it's one of mm, the mm, mm. i i think we'll get into it but it sort of stretches to be a little bit of whatever you want to take it as um i saw it in the movie theater the name of which escapes me but it's the one in Kalispell, Montana. Which the old one,
0: obviously, not well, like new the Liberty one. or something like that? Or the. It
1: wasn't, yeah, I don't know. It was a movie theater. Uh, and I don't remember if you were there. Tobin, do you remember seeing it? I think we saw this together. Okay, we must have seen it together. You would have been home just having graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I probably convinced you to go with me because I you <laughs> were. Uh, stepping off then into film school. This was a summer of speaking of profound and poignant. Um, You kind of taking that uh, film student reading list to heart. So I think this was probably me saying, can we just see this fun one?
0: (laughs) We had a list of like 150 movies that they asked us to have seen before we got to film school. Maybe it's just a hundred. It was an, an impossible list to actually see. So I spent that summer watching like renting as many as I could get in lakeside Montana in the local grocery store video. So yes, uh, this was a breath of fresh air. I'm sure from all of the, all of the broccoli I was watching for, uh, for school.
1: Absolutely. We need, this definitely has the sprinkles. Um, and I had known, we had known uh, Reese Witherspoon for a little while having been not personally, cruel <laughs> <intention> fans. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't want to out to that. I was a cruel oh, intention. Sure. As was I. I. Yeah. And so so as much as this is such a vehicle for her kind of looking back and looking at it now at the time it was I guess someone that I assumed would be able to carry a movie um mm-hmm. but I don't know I didn't read ahead to see what your history is Tobin it could <laughs> have to do with that but We do get case,
3: there.
1: Um and then I've seen it you know many times uh, in between and um one of my great college friends Penny is a huge fan of the sequel. Oh. So over the course of my college experience, um we watched the sequel several times after that came out.
0: I've never I've never seen the sequel. How, Red white, and blonde. How does it compare? Sally Fields in that one, right?
1: Uh-huh. Um, Uh I'm glad we're doing this one, but certainly (laughs) like, I'm thinking it's in that era to me, um, of like the Miss Congeniality and a couple other sort of like specifically placed rom coms. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I want to say that did well, maybe surprisingly. And so then they threw a sequel at it. And when something is so specific, like it's a pageant, it's law school, it's something Right then you know the sequel I think needs to make a strong choice if it's going to be that amped up or that somewhere else and and I think often then there's fear of making strong choices because you want to People more what they liked. This right. is not a comparison of the two films podcast until all. But
0: <laughs> well, the only thing I had, looking it up here, I did not remember because I think I saw it too somewhere along the way. Um, now that I'm looking at the cast, because Regina King is in it, mm-hmm. uh, multi Emmy winner Regina King uh, now sh- uh, shows up in that movie. So, all right, cool.
1: Certainly, if some yeah, if someone is inspired by the conversation we have about um, uh, women in this field uh these fields and want to then talk about how that's extended in a second one i'm happy to ignore them on twitter <laughs> like everyone else, like everyone else. <laughs> so we all saw the movie um, and then we all saw it again recently we did Tobin, uh, would yes. you expand our understanding of the background and give us two bits of history
0: for a little context, the first is that I did, I did not know that the movie was based on the on a book, um, which I was surprised when I saw that come up in the credits. Uh, I knew I knew there was a musical. I didn't know it was a musical based on a movie based on a, right. on, a, on a book. Okay. Um, but uh, the so in doing a little little reading about that, the author of the book Amanda Brown loosely based the story on her own experiences at Stanford Law School, uh, where the writers of the movie spent. Um, a few weeks sitting in on classes to get some flavor of what law school was like since they had not not been to law school themselves. Um, the other bit of film history it has to do with uh, with with Reese Witherspoon being cast as the as the lead, um, the director, Robert Lukatic, uh, an Australian filmmaker. This was his first or second film. I mean, he had his heart set on Reese from the very beginning. They'd looked at all kinds of people. Charlize Theron's name came up, a whole bunch of people who were up and coming actors uh, the studio was interested in. And he has a quote, he talks about Reese having in his mind gravitas and brains Mm -hmm. and that you need that underneath the comedy of the role for the movie to, to hold together. Um, And the studio wasn't sure the studio, uh, MGM I think at the time mm-hmm. they were they were worried that it, it was too close to her election role her Tracy Flick role in election mm-hmm. um, or as, as Reese has said in an interview they were worried she would be too much of a uh, she would play Elle Woods as too much of a shrew uh, having seen um, uh, Tracy Flick now I I have a s- suspicion that Tracy Flick is actually the hero of that movie yeah. um, but uh, that's, that's a conversation different. for another that's time that, right? Yes, yes. Uh so anyway, those those are our two bits of uh film history for Legally Blonde. Iceland. Yeah. Who are the ladies in charge? Who are the women involved in major roles in this Legally is, Blonde?
1: This is the point in our podcast when I often think, "Oh, that's why he sends the outline early so that I can <laughs> read through it." And sometimes I do. And let's see if I did this time. <laughs> ladies in charge. Actors. Reese Witherspoon. Elma Blair, Jennifer Coolidge, Holland Taylor, Allie Larder, Linda Cardellini, and Rocco Welch.
2: <gasps> what? What? I just realized it's a real
0: bell. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. So it used to be. I just spoiled old...
2: this for all the listeners.
0: No, in the old <laughs> platform, it uh-huh. wasn't. But when we moved on to this one that has the video screens, because it's a more stable platform, there's no bell place. So I have to bring a real bell. So now I I have a physical bell for our bell. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) No. Uh, We should should lift the veil here. The audience, the the (laughs) listeners should know.
1: It's episode 50, right? (laughs) Who doesn't love a behind the scenes? Okay. So powerhouse actors, followed by writers, Karen McCullough, and Kirsten Smith. Adapted from the novel by Amanda Brown. Editor, Anita Brandt-Burgoyne. Production designer, Missy Stewart. Set decorator, Kathy Lucas. And costume design, Sophie Durakoff. So a, lot nice a lot of names, a lot of
0: names, a lot of ladies.
1: Okay, we are doing a very popular film that came out a very long time ago. And right. I, in terms of our discussion, I'm hoping that folks have seen it and that we don't have to go through plot as, as much as we sometimes do, especially when we're like enticing people to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but for consistency's sake and because it is in the script, Tobin, will you read us a brief summary of what this film is about?
0: Here's what I've got. When her college boyfriend dumps her for being too dumb and superficial, Elle Woods, played to perfection by Reese Witherspoon, studies works and charms her way into Harvard Law School in an effort to win him back. Instead, she finally comes into her own, melding her own passions and interests with an unyielding work ethic, some great advice, see the bend and snap, and an assist from Luke Wilson and proves once and for all that you should never judge a book by its cover or a person by the color of their hair.
1: <laughs> That's cute. Speaking <laughs> of sprinkling profundity. Yeah,
0: kind of <laughs> that should be the, the subtitle of our uh, show. <laughs>
1: <Sprinkling> the Contenders,
0: <laughs> Sprinkling <laughs> Profundity.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. This was really fun to rewatch. It had been a couple of years some years and there were things I wrote. let me say this. Some of the uh, dumber things or like more superficial things and some of the more dated things were what I remembered. And so what I had kind of forgotten or hadn't watched with our contenders lens is this really fantastic story about like fish out of water But figuring out that she has the capabilities to swim all along and, and perhaps with very, you know, specifically, would she be able to get that LSAT score? Would she be able to this, that? I don't care because she was so cool in it, um, is my overall statement. And then I have some more gendery stuff I want to get into, but I don't want to monopolize. How about you? What what was so? We've all seen it many times. What did what kind of hit you two in the face watching it this time?
0: know <laughs> what what, how, what was your experience?
2: I mean, for me, it's such a, a hard movie to to like really take myself out of because I'm, as you two know, definitely not blonde, um, and <laughs> uh, you know, not from Bel Air or fashion maven or anything, but. Um, you know she's so relatable in this movie, and because I feel like I went through the experience with her, mm-hmm. um, it's it's kind of become part of of my law school experience. And um, so, watching it over again is almost like remembering back to my first year of law school, and sure. and and so. Um, yeah, there are definitely some some things that wouldn't fly if they had made the movie today. But overall, I feel like it's surprising that a classic, <laughs> this, this movie, I feel like does really hold up fairly well. Absolutely. I can't,
0: I, it's been a long time since I've had seen the movie, like probably 12, 15 years. I mean, I saw it a few times in the first, probably a few times those first few years and then and then not since um and so i was surprised how much i remembered of the movie Mm. and i maybe it's because i had seen the musical once in between and listened to the soundtrack so there's some of that was was kind of familiar i had forgotten victor garber was in it until he showed up and i love i love me some victor garber Garber. i love victor garber so he shows up and but the thing that really struck me this time two things overall one is that they don't really make movies like this as much anymore studio comedy like a low a mid-budget studio comedy they just don't make those as, in the same way They're, you know um the chances of it making back a you know 100 million dollars is not is not high so they just don't, they don't make as many of them anymore um and it's a very also very that i don't know that this movie translates well overseas which has become so important for um studio bottom line um but the other thing is that i mean i remember that um Reese Witherspoon was really good in it. And I remember people when she won the Oscar for Walk the Line saying what I took to be sort of tongue in cheek that she was sort of winning for Legally Blonde. I think she is fantastic in this movie. I think I think the movie does not work without her. And there I was I was I mean, scene after scene after scene where she is um, earnest, Mm -hmm. earnest. but not in a cloying way. And like she just knows she has dialed in exactly who this character is. And um, and I guess that maybe I felt a lot in the same way without having gone to law school that you did, Tina, that she just she was so real to me, even though she's playing it's a very heightened movie and it's very mm-hmm. bubblegum colored, and you know, but but I, I really felt for her. Um and and I've even if in in our world you could she she couldn't have done the things that she does in the movie in the world of the movie, I really believe that that she could and that she was um, and, and that, that level of comedy for an actor to be able to pull off is is the degree of difficulty difficulty there is really high I think mm-hmm. um, and I just thought I thought she was amazing in this movie yeah
1: I think that it's a great point i have not i had not heard that about she was winning a little bit for legally blonde but i mean i think it's it's true in the transformation of the character the journey of the character a lesser craftsperson
3: mm-hmm.
1: on one end or the other it wouldn't fit you know i think mm-hmm. it could very easily look like she was playing dumb at the beginning and while I don't believe she was. She had she had constructed for herself a world that was like I'm making a motion that is small, like this size.
0: <laughs> Confined space. Like a
1: small, like this is this is my world and this is what I need to know and understand to be successful. Mm. And so then in this journey, she finds, oh gosh, there's a much bigger or set of bigger things out there. And then she adapts to that. So it's not that if she was playing dumb or she was dumb, it was just kind of that more unaware. And mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then then, that then you could believe that at the end she was so successful in that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think um, without her, this would not be what it is. I also like to think of this because this was, like, a big vehicle for her. And because it plays on the, like... Femininity and bubblegum stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. In my mind, just the history made up by Islin, This is where she's thinking, like, yeah, I gotta get behind all this and mm-hmm. and move into more of a producing and and other kinds of things um, because this was a great opportunity, but it's a one in a million opportunity. Mm-hmm. And even within it, they're talking about power structures and uh, harassment and. You know what I mean? I don't know. It Mm -hmm. just seemed like an environment where where her spidey sense would be going off that like, yeah, I need to be I need to be on the back end of this as well. But that's, again, wild speculation on my part.
0: (laughs) Tina, how do you do you do you have uh, feelings about Reese Witherspoon, either as a as a performer in this movie or just in general? Like, what's your history with with Reese Witherspoon?
2: Well, um, like Iceland, I love just love, love, cruel intentions. Mm-hmm. Um both her and Selma Blair were amazing in it. And mm-hmm. I was I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I know I watched Election and Pleasantville, probably mm-hmm. due to your recommendations, yeah. Tobin. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So okay. um so I knew I knew about Reese and, and and knew that she was a great actress, but um, you know, I think I, I mean, you're right. She does such an amazing job, especially when you compare those other movies to this movie. I mean, she she just really she's the character. She is Elle Woods, right? Um, mm-hmm. And and does an amazing job with it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she just does such a great job of also making you understand how, you know, I mean, you were making the small mm-hmm. in, you know box. I mean. I mean, Elle was trapped right in in her previous life before she went to law school and law school really expanded her her life, her worldview Mm -hmm. and and made her who she was and um, or at least presented a platform for her to grow into that space. And and I think a lot of people find that um, that they become they learn a lot about themselves, uh, Mm -hmm. you know. Even just going to graduate school, right? Like, I mean, you learn about yourself, um, growing and learning and, and meeting amazing people, and um, and doing things that you never thought was possible before, mm-hmm. right? And that's what she was able to do, and and Reese just did such a great job of of making that seem really believable, even for. A ditzy Bella girl. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. And this cool. So what's cool is that you could, and I think maybe
0: this gets to um, why the director was so keen on her is that you, be- I believe both ends of the spectrum for her, both, both parts of the journey for her that she's so invested in her sorority and you know, marrying what's like, what is this name? Warner, Warner, Warner. marrying Warner and all this stuff. And that that's sort of the pinnacle of, of everything. And then this other incarnation of her where she still cares about the sorority and uh, you know, but also has, has, as you say, so nicely expanded um, sort of her, her, her worldview. Um, So I have another question about the law school side of things. So there's such a wild, collection of characters I love a band people, of misfits. this movie has two of our favorite things your band of misfits and my fish out of water i mean it really the the, the venn diagram hits hard here but what, what i'm curious about is it, um if there was any if you had any um uh and i don't want to out your um, law school <laughs> class but like what sure. what do people like at law school like do they come from all these kind of while different places like what's the what's the makeup like you know
2: i mean i can only speak for my experience but um i mean you do get the a wide range of people um from you know people who do have advanced degrees already to um you know, people who are straight out of college, like myself, right? <laughs> a lot of us. And so, um, and have, you know, um, a lot of people had parents who were lawyers, so they had mm. known all their lives that they were going to be lawyers and have been enmeshed in that experience. Whereas, you know, I um did not avoid law school as much as I could. I mean, I <laughs> had not planned on going to law school, actually. Um, and so, so you do get a wide range of people and characters yeah. and um, it, you know, on some level does feel like a return to, you know, there's definitely this junior high element that you do mm-hmm. see in the movie. Right. Where everything is like, oh, you can't be part of Mark Right. Group, right. Like <laughs> the complex, yeah. Absolutely. Like there's yeah. definitely um, that going on, like. I mean, I didn't know study groups were a thing until I went into law <laughs> school. Los- I mean, this is why I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is my experience the past <laughs> month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had no idea about study groups. I just thought, oh, we'll just we can study in the same room. I didn't realize you shared outlines and things hmm. like that. I had no clue. And people by the time I realized that was going on. I mean, this was, you know, further on in the semester so. Um you know I was not ready for for uh, that environment um um not that being said you know I mean obviously I I made it through law school and yeah, I graduated did. yeah yeah you uh, well, you did you did graduate
0: <laughs> yeah. from law school just so
2: right. like, yeah. some sometimes people question that but uh but I did graduate and um you know, the, there are elements definitely of the law school experience that expresses like the Socratic method comes up a lot. And that's mm-hmm. definitely a thing. Um, mm-hmm. um, watching her get called on the first time in class. I mean, it makes my heart pound because I was I it makes me think about the first time I was called on in yeah. in uh, civil procedure, which was when she was called on. And it's just, you know, I wow. just uh, uh all of that, that, that feeling. I mean, I felt like for me, at least it really captured that, that realness of it. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think
1: what I have a sillier, like more service level question related to that. Um, but like the, uh, sort of paper versus laptop was a comedic moment here, but also was a little bit like of a back and forth just in my, cause this overlapped with my undergrad. Um, was that a, like, did ever, does everyone come to law school with a laptop and take, like, is it just clicking all through class
2: or? So when I started law school, we uh, were required to buy a certain type of laptop, actually. Wow. Yeah. So they were like, you have a choice between wow. these two Dells and this Mac. I, I, I can't remember exactly because I couldn't afford any of them. I mean oh, they were yeah. so expensive and um you know I was paying for for this on my own and I mean I was literally living off of credit cards and so I bought like a cheap Dell and I went up to the IT guys and went is this going to work for me and they're like yeah don't don't worry you'll be fine but everyone <laughs> I mean you know in the movie everyone mm-hmm. opens up their laptop and they're all the same laptop I mean that was yes. That was wow. totally. So this
1: movie is haunting
2: in some <laughs> ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those flashbacks. scenes are scary. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, at a, some people were, were would use their laptops like they were transcribing what was going on in class. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. there were definitely still people who were who were taking notes in paper. Um, so um, it wasn't quite that dramatic, but it. Mm-hmm. You know, as the movie version goes, that that was, t- to me, felt very real.
1: <laughs> but it's I don't funny. know it, if
2: that would be funny for someone watching it today, like uh, sure. a, a law student, like a 1L right now. I'm not sure if that would be funny.
1: I think her tiny, like, cupcake pad and the, the, the like, floofy, yeah. floopy pen, I think that would still play as a joke. But you're right. I, I mean, with any sort of classroom technology thing, it's that always is going to place the movie in time. I think the particular color scheme of the Mac laptop she buys dates it very particularly <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah.
0: That's, you know, it makes, it makes me wonder if there wasn't, I, cause I didn't know the detail that, you you know that people would could be asked in law school at the time to you to you required to get the the same kind of laptop so when they all open up those these laptops look the same i think oh that's just a funny joke for the movie but i wonder if it comes out of the writer's experience going to class and seeing everybody with the same like if those things were taken out of you know from reality in some way oh speaking
1: of things taken out of reality (laughs) so i read a quote um earlier today about the the author of the Book Amanda Brown, which then will lead to my question, my thoughts, and questions about some of the gender stuff. I want to hear from you all. Um, that the semester versus ovester thing, which was a joke, right? She meets her band of misfits and the PhD in, in women's studies, or whatever that I felt targeted by um, in that scene. <laughs> oh, that's okay. great! Right. Trying to get like, why is it semester? We're going to be ovester. Blah blah blah. Um, which Sure, if that is going to make somebody feel more empowered and and better, great. I personally think there are some like on the ground things that I would like to fix first, but neither (laughs) here. So that like that conversation was something like true from this woman's experience Mm, that made it all the way to the movie. Wow. There's someone else out there who feels targeted by that as well. (laughs) So that led me as I was thinking about it, I was like, so Elle as a character, I absolutely dig as a strong female lead um, whose journey is you know for the betterment of herself and the world and all that there are parts of it where I really like the um, prioritizing of female camaraderie I think we get that first outside of law school in the, um, the uh, salon, salon uh, with Jennifer Coolidge being Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> Um <Yeah. laughs> But then when, you know, way, way, way later, then you have Holland Taylor, um, who I love, shows up there. And then we get a very like, and Vivian, who is Warner's new fiance, um, starts out very catty, very junior high, but then in the end turns around. So there there are these pieces of it that I'm like, oh, that's great because I want, I think of, you know, young people watching and I want, to see examples of, of that. And yet like the feminist of the study group is absolutely a joke. You know what I mean? Like that's to me just played for, look at that funny feminist worried about dumb shit, you know? Um, and I had another example that then has flown out of my mind. But so thinking about the, Bones of our podcast about Mm -hmm. fearless women in front of and behind the camera. How did, oh, I mean, obviously the sexual harassment was was the other piece there that unfortunately I think has not changed at all. That didn't feel old or outdated to me. That felt like mild compared to probably a lot of people's experience. Um, But in terms of this uh, honoring femininity – and female camaraderie. Did you all? How were your experience of that? That was not a good question.
0: <laughs> no, it's just, you, you you set the table. You set the table for us.
1: Yeah. Did you Did you all um, feel like this is a, a pro all women movie or just a pro L movie? Yep. I guess.
0: I good. That's a good well, question. That's, that's a great that's a question.
2: question. I mean. I guess one of my um, issues with the movie today is, uh, is definitely the lack of diversity in the majority of the grand majority of the film.
1: That was going to be another law school
2: question. For okay. Okay.
1: So I will, I can, I'll pocket that till you finish talking about this.
2: Uh, but I mean, I, well, I guess just to, to try and yeah. Um, address this question I mean it it seems to me first and foremost this movie is really about um, finding yourself right finding who you are in the midst of situations where that may not be ideal right Um, and, and so I think the answer is I feel like I'm in law school now. Are you calling on me? <laughs> yes. Exactly. You're adding them? <laughs> exactly. Um I mean, it does seem like she does pave the way, generally, Elle does, for mm-hmm. other women. I mean, this movie in itself, and I and I know um Reese Witherspoon has mentioned I mean, sometimes I'll I'll see her tweet about it. Just women come up to her and say, I went mm-hmm. to law school because of this movie, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And in that sense, um, you know, this is a movie for every woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a
1: fantastic answer. Towen, what stuck out to you about the gender politics in this movie?
0: What's was interesting to me was when it got to the so Victor Garber shows up. I love Victor Garber, and then as soon as he shows up, I'm like, oh, I remember now. He turns out not to be good. Yeah, which bums me out because yep. I love Mister Victor Garber. <clears throat> but that, then that scene comes, and you're totally right. It plays as 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 um, to to me as mild, based on my mm-hmm. understanding of the world.
1: And when I say that, I, I don't mean not impactful, no. and that that not a big deal. Huge right. deal. I'm I'm glad that in the movie we all see him as a bad guy. I guess I mean mild in terms of workplace harassment, as in, I understand it.
0: In the in the scale of right mm-hmm. of, of right, and, and so it. Um, what struck me was how mild the reaction of all the other characters was to it. Mm-hmm. That. Um, you know, I was watching the watching with with um, my wife, the second half of the movie last night. And she was she said, you know, that that, that I imagine they would play that differently if you wrote that today. Mm-hmm. The reaction to it, the fact that, you know, and people aren't super surprised. It's not like that I think would maybe be the same, but there's no sense of um, how to do, how do say this. Um, and, and this may be this may, may be a fantasy of today that there that in the media of today, there would be some sense of potential consequences for what happened in some way. Sure. Not like he'd be disbarred or whatever, but like consequences in some way. Um, and, and the fact that this movie isn't, like it's just, Oh, he hit on her. This is their words, right? Uh, you know, he hit on L. Can you believe that? And they're like, okay, well let's, you know, take the case or whatever, as opposed to filing any kind of grievance or like right. you just the movie you, you couldn't, you would get notes from someone saying, Sure. We need to treat this differently in the – which is not to say that it's treated that way properly in the actual world, but in the world of the movie, it, it might be. That's one place it felt yeah. dated. Not the fact that it happened, mm-hmm. but how it impact impacted the plot, if that makes any sense. What
1: I liked about how they – what they did is that there was comeuppance. Um, so Allie Larder plays the um, – Former sorority, or I guess you're always a sister, but uh, from the same sorority, the L, um, is and is a a, a workout fitness guru, fitness guru who um, whose husband was killed and and she's on trial for the murder. And um, through I don't yes through <laughs> I don't, I'm trying not to describe the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Allie Larder fires the Victor Garber. Yeah. hearing about what had happened. Right. Uh, and there's this little kerfuffle where Vivian assumes that Elle slept with him and that's how she got her position and all that. That also doesn't, you know, not surprising that that kind of rumor or that a, um, a woman who appeared fish out of water, getting special treatment, like blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, <laughs> what I liked about their treatment of it is that Allie Larder fires him and then like, he's gone. Right? right and then it's about l having to do this and so i'm i can ap- i agree tobin that i think it would it would have been handled differently now and we might n- need kind of more of that or more of the um repercussions um but i liked that we didn't that we didn't have to deal with him then afterwards for this for our story that's um, such a
0: good point that's such a, that it re- just re-centers re- and you yeah. know, like- yeah, I love that. That's a good and point. And then it's,
1: but where, okay, so this is my this is my balance, right? It recenters to be on Al. However, still she needs Emmett because he's an actual lawyer, so that there's an actual lawyer that which okay. But then uh, she's still she still finds a prince charming. And I'm not saying that's bad, but that I guess that's also the ugh of like Independent adult women, so there's all this that's kind of progressive and different, and she's, but then there it's it's yeah. like trophy on top of that, yeah. And so that I guess that's the that's where I'm feeling more feelings than I anticipated I would, but again, absolutely enjoyed my experience and her line delivery on everything, like what, like it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, or they're all talking about what they did over the summer and she's running into Cameron Diaz at somewhere. Whoever said orange is the new pink was <laughs> completely wrong. Whatever. Like
2: you're, she's the master of her own universe.
0: Mm-hmm. Tina, did you have a thought about that? The the previous thing there?
2: I mean, so first I feel like we should give Emmett's uh, character a little bit of credit because when she comes out running, you know, mm-hmm. crying about what had just happened. I mean, he, like there's no question in his mind. He yeah, believed definitely. like he's he's just like, he did what? Okay. That's like a great point. This is what we're, you know, we're gonna do something, right? And and once um Emmett tells that to Vivian, Vivian doesn't question it either. I mean, right. she because mm-hmm. you know, she assumed because she had seen something, like a snippet, mm-hmm. but once Emmett explains it to her, then Vivian just feels just present, right? She yeah, feels yeah. terrible. And so I do feel like both of those characters, um, you know, really supported her in the way that you would hope that, you know, you would be supported if that happened to you right today. Um, Oh, the Prince Charming thing. Oh, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I told you this, this was the thing I hated about late night also, which, uh, which is I I, I really dislike um, situations, especially when it's coworkers and mostly when it's your supervisor and you become in a romantic relationship with them. Not to say in real life that doesn't happen. Of course it happens. And, you know, um, I, in, a, in a movie, I just feel like, um, like with late night at the end where am I, am I, you already did this so I can, no, I, I give you a spoiler. So you know, at the end, it turns out, um, you know, that that they're together. And I'm just like, I mean, I it was I loved that movie all the way until that point, And I started throwing things at the TV. I mean, <laughs> um, and in this movie, let me tell you, I love Luke Wilson. Yeah. Um, I mean what's not to like charming <laughs> Texas I mean it's just like all he, he's good luck. Li- I mean all of it it's just the um, whole I, for you. he's the whole yeah. and actually I didn't um start really liking him until Royal Tenenbaums but um but in this movie now watching it after seeing all the other movies I've seen I you know I've fallen in love with him again um, but <laughs> even so I'm just like you're her supervisor mm-hmm. like that's not yeah, she's okay. A young girl. Yeah, she's a young I mean, yeah. I mean, I think he's not, in theory, that much older than her, um, in the movie. But it's still, it just uh, that that definitely um, irks me um, a bit. Yeah. Can
0: I can I give you my um, rewrite of the end of the movie then? Oh, yes. Dang. Because I I had the same reaction as we end up reinstating the value system that we rejected early on in the movie, which. <laughs> Uh, so my so at the end of the movie, she's giving us uh, Elle is giving this this um,
1: commencement address,
0: valedictorian commencement or whatever, whatever they call it in law school. There she's she's speaking at the at graduation and she gives this great speech and everybody's there. And and um you get these little title cards as, the, as they describe what happens to the characters later. And then and then the 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 the, the, the in the movie, I guess the last one is Emmett's where it says, and tonight he will propose. And then it cuts to a shot of her slow motion moving in on her face as like, she's looking around and it found her element and all the hats are in there. And I, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if her title card then says, and she will say, she'll think about it. Yes. Or she not yet. Say, or, yeah, not
1: until she's established her career. Yeah, or whatever, Right.
0: Right. Or, 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 you know, why get married? Or like just something yeah. there that would just be like, no, look, she's, you know, because it's it's cool. a, it is a, it's so satisfying when she has the scene with Warner Where she, where he's like, I love you again now, like Pooh Bear, and she's like,
1: Get out of here, Bonehead! And they both do that, right? That this Kendall, who is just situationally made it to where he's at, it's like the it's the anti L Woods of like the floor drops out because without all that support and privilege and whatever, he's.
0: His dad got him into law school with a call, right? Like we learned that it's, it's total, you know, um, yeah, yeah. That it's like mediocrity. It's white male mediocrity rises to the top once Mm. again. And, and so it's very satisfying when she, Pulls the plug on him, but I wish that they'd sort of reinforce that one more time. Uh, was that funny? Does that was that a funny expression? Isling made it funny. I a pulls funny Pull the plug on him. Pulls, I know what we say? Pull the
1: plug on him. I like that. Okay. I'm just gonna start using it more often.
0: Please do. <laughs> well,
1: I, I like. I, we all agree. We all agree on that.
2: Yeah, so I, I, I just feel like I would have. My rewrite would have been just to eliminate that. Like I, I yeah. would prefer the ambiguity. <laughs> yes. Agreed.
1: Yep, yeah, that, true. That, that Emmett was still supportive of her. Yes, right, right, right. Um, because he because was her, a good supervisor. <laughs> exactly.
0: Okay, that's better. <laughs> but
1: regardless of the... Yeah, we're just going to move on with the show. Um, yep. I mean, in the world of the thing, I'm not moving us along. But I do want to... Um, we bookmarked uh, the lack of diversity, um, which is an issue in the movies, Period. Also, I'm assuming an issue in the law profession, the legal community, Thank you, legal community. And so um, not again, I don't I don't want to ask you to be an expert on anything, but just in your own experience was what what did it what diversity was diversity. Present from your perspective in law school, was there what did it what did it feel like? Talk to me.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, I so I came to law school uh, from straight from college, as I mentioned, from the same college that Tobin Addington attended. And uh, that would probably be the least diverse school that I attended by probably. I mean, it was Um, so going from that situation to law school was actually, uh, surprising. I was surprised to see the diversity there, not to say that it was super diverse, um, or mm-hmm. reflective of the nation as a whole or anything, but, um, you know, most of my, for instance, most of my close friends that I still keep in touch with from law school, most of them are Asian, um, uh, Asian Americans. And so, and we even, you know, Right now, during the pandemic, we're meeting monthly, and I get to see their kids, and you know, awesome. it's it's great. Like we we stay in touch, and we're very close. But um, as far as the profession goes, um, well, let me st- sorry, let me get, step back. So, in law school right now, um, about fifty percent of the law students are female. So, so talking about women, which has only been the case in the last couple of years, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's been close, but not, not quite. And I think maybe now in a lot of schools, there are more females than males going to law school. However, in the profession as a whole, that's where you start to see drop off, not Mm. just of women, but, um, of minorities, um, period. So, um, I don't know off the top of my head what the percentages are, but I think, um, uh, you know, women who make partner, for instance, that right. percentage is in, like in the 20s mm. judges. Wow. I think it's in that in in that range as well. So um, and then and then when you talk about people of color, it's it's I mean, it's like in the single digits. Right. For f- uh, for different groups. So um, it's definitely not a diverse profession. Um, and I think what. I mean, law schools are trying to attract more diversity and trying to make mm. it more diverse, but there is definitely still a problem with retention um, once uh, mm. people become attorneys. Sure.
1: So in addition to practicing law as the, as your main, this is my job, I'm a lawyer, I practice law. Um, can you give me an idea of, a couple of other sort of popular things that people do who have law degrees that are not a practicing attorney, you know,
2: like law librarian. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) So yes. So I actually never practiced law. I went straight into library school and uh, have been a law librarian since, since then. Um, And it's, it's a great profession, um, but it has lots of hurdles. Um, So it has, for instance, you need two degrees uh, to be a law librarian in most law schools, uh, which really uh, narrows the channels of increasing diversity, right? So, and we're talking about law which is a very white profession and librarianship which is also very white <laughs> and you're trying to um increase diversity and that's just you know we're having a lot of challenges um, in that area um other things i mean there's so many things that people um do with their law degree um i'm teaching a class right now and i have a um a classmate actually who's going to guest lecture for me and he's started his own business right he's he's Mm -hmm. working in a startup and um so there's I mean you can do so much with your law degree but you know uh right now it's it's challenging for all areas of education as all of us know (laughs) being in the education field um it's it's not cheap to To get even your four year degree, right, um, mm-hmm. and then to tack tack onto that, you know, another three years of, of law school is is a is a really it's a big burden for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, now I'm already forgetting the question.
1: <laughs> no, I was just oh, curious. Was... <laughs> um, one, just because you know, who knows who is listening, and I am just interested in what folks with a law degree do that. Um, in addition to or outside of practicing law, um, and then I was just thinking about the the drop off and kind of the the atrophy of of diversity at each step, and just wondering if folks, um, depending on background, might be tracked into other things of like. Yes, I'm in law school, but I'm going to do this instead. So yeah, I was just curious what else, um, what other options were out there. I I still like the idea of being a judge. Sounds fantastic
2: to me.
0: You would be a great so, judge. I'm not sure you. like but I would you'd be so much fun.
2: Well, and, and the, the judge is the main only main character or main-ish character who is a person of color in this yeah.
1: movie. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great point. Yep. Anyway,
2: I like judges. I want to be one. Um,
0: <laughs> I think if you was, as a judge, if it think, if it yeah. makes any difference,
1: I just don't think I can go to any more school.
2: Um, I think most judges, though, um, unless you're oh, okay, I'm not going to make this into a political statement. So I think uh, most judges uh, actually do practice for quite a few years mm-hmm. before they become appointed or elected as a judge.
1: And see, that's my problem. Is I was hoping that you know the, the work I've already presented would count toward that.
2: <laughs> like,
1: Can I be something else for ten years and then be a judge? I'll, I'll
0: make it. I'll make it political. These days, it seems like y- you can just raise your hand in the right circles and be appointed <laughs> to a lifetime judgeship. It's so, your
2: podcast. I'm gonna. <sighs> uh,
0: so so um, in that in that sense, I feel like Iceland, you you just you're just on the wrong s- side of the spectrum, really.
1: It's true. I just better start. committing
0: crime. The people who would appoint you would require you to have some experience and demonstrate some judgment in the law, and that's not true uh, of the people who would not be appointing you, I suppose.
2: Oh, gosh, this was supposed to be the uplifting... uh...
0: (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of judges, we we would be remiss, I think, not to uh, point out that as we were prepping this episode um we lost uh, a supreme court justice ruth bader ginsburg passed away and it feels like um well i don't know i'm not going to tell what, what it feels like to me what does it feel like to you
1: i uh am heartbroken and the timing i think is you know it's hard because this is a person and a person with a family and I don't know this person or this family. So I, I don't want to pretend to be in a position I'm not, but, but it's um, it was really sucked (laughs) when I um, it came across my phone and I just, all I texted Tobin was damn it. And he knew what I meant. Um, And it's, it's been really tough. I think, the like swell of activism that has occurred, um, since is the only thing that has made me feel better about it. Um, that and just super random, you can cut it out. But on Saturday I was lying in bed being sad and the um, doorbell rang and it was, um, an elderly woman and a middle-aged woman, um, One one white, one Latinx that are both running for city council. And they're the only women running. (laughs) And so they're running together. I mean, they're not, but they're running together. And they were going door to door. And so that was really nice that I got to have a short conversation with them. And I'm um, lucky enough to be able to put signs in my yard. And so I felt like I can't fix the big things that I could do some smaller things and then just giving away my money because I feel like hopefully the people I'm giving it to are able to do something on a bigger stage so that's how I feel do
2: you know You know, um, we are just in such challenging times as it is, uh, being in the middle of a pandemic, not seeing our friends and family, um, so many just injustices happening in the world and the wildfires here. Uh, and, um. I mean, I just I'm just not sure um, if I've processed this because I've um, I mean, I just I I mean, I don't know how you're handling this Tobin, but I mean, I don't have kids to have to, you know, pretend or, you know, be strong for Um, I'm teaching a class of students who are online that I very rarely see but I just i've been trying to compartmentalize a lot of this and um and so it I mean I, I i figured that this would come up but i just i didn't i didn't know what I was gonna say because um this is what's happening is exactly what i knew what was going to happen after a situation like this and you just we just kept hoping that that it wouldn't happen right Yeah. um and I, so all that aside i mean she has been such an inspiration for so many people so many people um and not to compare her to Elle Woods, but I mean there are so many people who went to law school, became attorneys, are, are fighting for equal justice because of what this woman has done and what I mean the legacy that she leaves behind is just um, you know, if any of us get to even have a fraction of the impact that 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 she's made, um, you know, we will would only be so lucky but um i think we've been lucky to have her in our world for as long as we did have her and um you know uh i guess life goes on i don't know
0: um the only thing i'll add is that uh the the um weight Pressing down on me that I have felt for a long time now got so much heavier, and and I and I know other people felt similarly. From you know, I knew other people would feel similarly. Um, And it occurred to me the thing that breaks my heart. I I think you alluded to this Iceland too is that well, two things. One is that we humanity, her family, we don't get to mourn her as a human being. which is, which really sucks. But the other thing is that that weight that each of us feels, she was carrying all of that Mm -hmm. on just her, you know, like uh, what an unfair thing to do to a, (laughs) to a human being. And that then that gets distributed to the rest of us and we all go, Oh my God, I'm Mm -hmm. sagging under all this weight. And it's like this, this woman was carrying it all and had for a long time. Um, So that made me feel, you know, uh, I guess it made me it gave me a little bit a little bit of purpose as I also gave away more of my money <laughs> and put up more lawn signs and that I'm like, well, I can carry this if she could carry all of it for so long. then um, the the other connection to Elwood's, though, too, is there's a fashion connection, um, I I feel. I mean, the the, the collars, um, mm-hmm. you know, that are so iconic uh, Is that what we call them a collar The, the that she'd wear. The doilies, right? Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> that were so beautiful, and that we had certain ones were you know like her her bench descent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and and that and that there was something there was something you know there are very few people who a p- item of their clothing you would right. see and and like recognize have know a, who it is a
2: symbol that
1: is <laughs> unique to that person. Yes, yes. But then also represents a lot of things.
0: Right, right. And I feel like in You know the last thirty years of film, the silhouette of Elle Woods in the Mm -hmm. you know in from the cover of the movie holding the dog with the paint like, you know who that is. You know that movie instantly. It's it's and so I I think there is in addition to the to the whatever they shared in terms of inspiring other people to 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 um to enter the legal profession. There there is a a neat kind of echo there.
1: I think a lovely point.
2: Oh, oh. do you want to play a game <laughs> yes please is it a Just drinking please? game <laughs> <laughs> all God. games can be drinking games <laughs> <you know? laughs> okay
1: this game is called wwewd what well, would our words do <laughs> I have uh, several scenarios based on other films that we've done on this podcast. And so I will give a oh. one-cent scenario okay. and um, and where you're going to replace that main character with Elle Woods and tell me what would Elle Woods do in this situation. <laughs> okay. Um, and I will give a point to whichever one I like best.
0: As so. is your one. Because you, you're the judge. <laughs>
2: where i'm the judge Uh, (laughs) fabulous it all worked out it all worked out
1: (laughs) number one if elwood's partner died and the bad guys that he owed money to wanted his heist notebook in order to cover the debt as happened in widows what would elwood do
3: oh boy
1: just one one step in our plan. It doesn't have to be the whole plan. What would what Elwitz do?
0: I'll tell you the what would what might happen is when the when the bad guys come to intimidate her and pick up Bruiser instead of Viola Davis's little poof ball dog, mm-hmm. bruiser would take a chunk out of and I think that guy that that the whole thing would be done at that point. Nice. Like tiny, that. tiny package, but I, I bet that dog packs a packs a bite. <laughs>
2: Tina well I I so I don't know this movie but based on your description I'm Uh I'm 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 thinking and what I'm envisioning is that scene where she goes to get Paulette's Paulette Paulette's dog back yes I think she's just gonna confront them I think that's a good point she would go yeah she would go straight
1: and head first into (laughs) it
0: good call she does that she's a yeah she walks right up to the she's the afraid. Thing that that's true mm-hmm. that's true
1: that's a good point i'm gonna give tina that point. point <laughs> first point of the day you can also uh if you choose to uh interpret it as what Will would say you could too if you wanted to use an uh, a line or something okay the second one mm-hmm. this is a long sentence if L was the leader of a group of civilians trying to survive despite Earth being overtaken by ash-eating dragons, and suddenly a rambunctious U.S. military team demanded lodging and assistance, as we saw in Reign of Fire, what would El Woods
0: do? It's the apocalypse. Dragons are, have taken over the Earth. Pockets of humanity remain. Elwoods Woods leads one of them, mm-hmm. and Matthew McConaughey shows up with a bunch of tanks. Yes.
3: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would pay good money to see that movie, by the Absolutely. way. Legally Blonde 3, anybody? Uh,
2: Aren't they making a Legally Blonde 3?
0: We'll find out.
2: I feel like I've seen, like she gets asked that a lot, but I don't know the definitive no, no. answer. No, I think I read it because... Um...
0: She's confirmed it.
2: Uh, does it say? I because I thought I had read that Mindy Mindy Kaling might be involved somehow. Oh, that would be perfect.
0: That would be good. Yeah, she's writing the script. That yep. makes sense. There, here it is.
2: Because they
1: they would they were buddies on um... Wrinkle in Time. Wrinkle in Time.
0: Oh, T- to circle back to one of our early episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, um, they, were, they were expecting to start shooting in May twenty twenty.
2: <sighs> oh. Another so, COVID, related. we'll have to wait a bit.
1: Oh, I, Elwood's will
2: triumph
0: after wait, COVID.
1: Wait, wait,
2: this,
0: that, this, that would be the movie Elwood's versus COVID. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so dragons and dragons. Matthew McConaughey as the military guy, and what does she do? I think that she so in the in the movie it ends up being Christian Bale and Matthew McConaughey like sort of beating each other into submission and then working together, and I think that she. Um, I think by the end of her like first like dinner with these with these military people, they would be she would have them all converted to whatever she wanted. Ooh, gotcha. Like she would she and it, they'd all think it was their own idea, you know, and I think I think I think she I think she'd work that way.
2: I'm sure that was in a Cosmo article. And that's what a Cosmo girl would do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it. All right, Tobin gets that point. You Okay. If Elwood's sister, who possesses magical powers, sentenced their kingdom to an everlasting winter and ran away to an ice castle of solitude, as we saw in Frozen, what would Elwood stand? <laughs>
2: Who would her sister be? Would it be like Anna Ferris or (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or
1: um I mean, I was I was thinking of Holland Taylor earlier earlier, so I'm thinking Sarah Paulson.
0: Mm, Yeah. uh, There you go.
1: Would be a good ice queen.
0: Holland Taylor should be in everything.
1: Agreed. What how is Elle Woods gonna solve the problem of Frozen?
3: Ooh, I haven't watched Frozen either. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: let's see. We'll substitute dragons for ice. and uh...
1: <laughs> Absolutely. could be. That's true. They kind of overlap there. So I have one final one, Tina, okay. that uh, I will be the tiebreaker. But you have seen A League of Their Own, correct?
2: I have. Okay, great. A long time ago.
1: So as the tiebreaker... <laughs> If Elle found herself playing professional baseball while young men were fighting a war overseas, only be told only to be told you're done get back in the kitchen when the war was over, What would Elle Woods do?
0: Mary Luke Wilson and <laughs> I mean, the way this movie goes, no, okay. I, uh, I think that she would bring uh, she'd bring legal action. Ooh. I think
2: she'd sue. I'm going to have to agree with Tobin on that one. Tie, we are losing a tie. Oh no, I think you went <laughs> you're tied. You're tied.
1: I love it. Well, just I mean, gosh, could we even? I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring it up. The elephant that is not in the room. This is not. Y'all's first uh, audio-based program together.
0: Wow, true.
1: Friday nights with Tom and Twyla.
0: True. Oh my gosh! I was true. like, "What is she talking
1: about?" Oh, oh my man, goodness! As soon as she said <laughs> it, I knew it.
0: Yes, that's true. So um, Tina and I in college. So Tina was heavily involved in the radio station at our at our at our at our university, and. Uh, I like music. I like a different kind of music, but so we would have a like a we had like a Friday nights. It was like a college show. No one called into. <laughs> I don't think Where, we even had a telephone. <laughs> you you we pretended maybe we did or something, but you would play like college rock or whatever, like and I would play soundtracks. <laughs> as I recall like you let me once in a while play something like score instrumental scores from movies <laughs> and shit like that. And only rarely would you let me play. Thank God, because no one wanted to, you know, to do that. But we had i had so much fun doing that, doing that show. Wow. Yes. This is a real reunion.
2: We had it's, a lot of fun. Just, it's a
1: little bit full circle for me because I was once a guest on Friday night with Tom and Twyla. And so.
3: Oh, my gosh. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much wow. for letting me play
2: in your sandbox, y'all well thank you for letting me play in your sandbox this has been amazing i um had a great time
0: whoa yeah you know what when they make um uh we will do this again obviously (laughs) Um, and before then too because it may take a while Uh, so this is the point in our podcast where we decide if this movie is progressive or regressive, and give our final thoughts. Is this a is this movie Legally Blonde a step forward or a step back for fearless women in front of and behind the camera? Tina, what do you think?
2: I mean, I am not a film expert like the two of you, but um, you know, as we talked about. We absolutely need more diversity in the legal profession to help change the future direction of our country, really. Right. Um, And this movie inspired so many women to um, who wouldn't have previously even considered going to law school to apply and attend um, because they didn't think they belonged. Right. And um, so just for that fact, this movie absolutely has to be a progressive movie. Awesome. Aislinn, what say you?
1: Absolutely. I uh, agree uh, with what Tina said, and um, in as the conversation sort of, um, as evident through our conversation, I was thinking a lot about um, women and women in groups and camaraderie and that kind of thing, and while absolutely there are some um, antiquated tropes that this movie falls into, I think it is so much outweighed by the good by um the triumphant success of bellwood's character um and the inspiration that it's um led to not the phrase i want it but i'll take it so <laughs> i agree absolutely progressive and also i i do think it sort of shaped the reese witherspoon that we have now who is um seems to be in my basic research um fighting for uh, gender parity um was a, a time's up enthusiast and um and just doing a lot of work in the entertainment industry to um to change the status quo so Tobin how about you
0: that that last point you had is the one I have oh, written shit. down. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. So I will am- only amplify and to say that this movie this movie helped give us Reese Witherspoon. She had hits before, but the you know the the, the um, she she took this role and made it iconic, and the movie movie did really well, and it sets her up to to be able to be the. Um, to have done so much good in terms of our for, for our purposes of our podcast, for getting so many giving so many opportunities for women in the film industry, and and ongoing, and I think that um, if for nothing else, this movie does that. It does other things too, but um, for that alone, I think that makes it that makes it progressive in, in my book.
1: Awesome,
0: Island Speaking of pro- oh sorry, yes go ahead.
1: No, do it.
0: Okay, Iceland. Speaking of progressive. What are we going to watch next?
1: Well, um, as, as you all heard earlier, uh, we are, uh, all deeply feel the loss and legacy of Ruth Burt Ginsburg. So to continue that conversation and, um, and, and continue that legacy, we are going to watch uh, 2019's On the Basis of Sex uh, coming to you on October 27th. Tina. Thank you so much for being here. It's been so much fun, and again, it's just I'm excited to hang out with the cool kids. Um, if folks <laughs> are inspired, I'm sorry, by... I'm no
2: Joe Bolanba, boss. So, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: if folks are uh, inspired by. Your words and experience, I want to tell you how fantastic you are because that's all that happens on the internet, right? Is people being kind to each other. <laughs> right. Um, <Yes. laughs> uh, is there a, a social media type place you would like to be found, or will you remain a ghost?
2: Well, I guess the kindest social media platform is Twitter,
0: (laughs) which is saying something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm at Tina S. Ching. Um, I infrequently post, but I obsessively doom scroll these days. So Mm -hmm. um, but I'm trying to stop. Really? I am. That's a
1: new um, uh, term for me. Doom scroll. Thank you. I'm sorry. You are to. uh, Tobin. How about you?
0: I I am also I doom scroll Twitter all day long, uh, and I'm ashamed of it. And I and I, and I but I can't help myself. Um, and you can find me there if you want to doom scrolling along at Tobin Addington, all one word.
1: And I now have I follow more. Uh, dogs from around the world and drag queens than nice. any other um uh, set of identities. And so yeah. in in that sense I'm I'm doing okay on Twitter <laughs> really. It's all it's all a tail wag and good time. Um and I am at Sassy Nerd MT. The other thing I wanted to say um not that I have any fantastic ideas, but last year and Twenty nineteen. Uh, when I was having a hard time, but now I just laugh at <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: what was happening. No hard Nothing. time.
1: <laughs> um I uh did a short series podcast called Why Aren't We All, where in each episode I talked to someone who had something, a belief, a practice, a hobby whatever that um they felt made their world a little better and could make the world a little better um and so if that is a bit of content that you need um please find that as well with all the other fantastic cage club offerings um, yeah, I'm just going to go right into the other plugs. So do it. <laughs> I'm plugging my own, but only because it, it's nice and happy. Um, yeah, it's a
0: great it's a great series. And I, I some of the they're worth revisiting.
3: They're short, too, if you're short,
1: the half hour. Yep. Um, so you can find us on Twitter at Contenders underscore pod or on Patreon at the dot com. Special thanks to our members who've joined at marquee level or above. Two of my favorite men, and I don't have very many favorite men Sean Flynn and Jeff Addington.
0: (laughs) So if you want to be on that list, go to (laughs) thecontenderspot.com. Our Patreon, become a member at the marquee level or above, and you too could become
1: Add to my one lips. of
0: Iceland's few favorite men. <laughs> we here at the Contenders are proud members of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can explore all their great shows at cageclub.me, and you can keep tabs on all the Cage Club happenings on Twitter at Cage Club Pod. As always, thank you so much for listening. I am Tobin Addington. I'm Tina
1: Chang. I'm Isla Maddington, and we'll see you next time on The Contender. And editor Anita Brandt Burgoyne. I would like to do that one again and do it with more confidence. Okay. You're not going to ask illegal
2: legal questions, are you? Don't no. ask me. Okay, good.
0: We'll only go, in, in terms of the law, we'll only go as deep as this movie does.
2: Great. Perfect. That's where I'm at right
0: now. In life like... in general.
2: <laughs>
3: yeah. Ooh,
0: okay. Uh, okay.